Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Well, the top of the morning to you, and welcome to The Brian Buffini Show. So glad you've joined me today. Also, uh, so thankful for you joining me and for spreading the word. Our first year, we hit over a million downloads, and now we're rapidly moving past these numbers, over 200,000 people a month downloading the show. I really appreciate you folks. Uh, You've been listening. It seems like you've been enjoying it from the feedback I get. And then also, you've been telling your friends about it. And so that's all we want to do here. So we appreciate it. We're going to continue to provide you the best we can in interviews, in content, live presentations that we can and uh, got some really exciting stuff coming up we're really going to be taking this show to the next level in the next six months so stay tuned as we continue to bring you our very best and feature the very brightest today i'm going to cover what's called a turducken a turducken is a dish known in new england it's a turkey stuffed with a duck stuffed with a chicken and they serve it around Thanksgiving. And it's a full meal. And this is a full meal. The title of today's podcast is How to Change Your Life Once and For All. And you know, change is hard. Change is difficult. In fact, a lot of people question whether change is even possible. Now, I don't believe that in the time I'm going to spend with you today, I can answer all of the riddles that come with change. But I do have a few things to share with you. And this will be a feature of a number of different shows we have coming up one way or the other in the months to come. Because at the end of the day, why are you listening to this? You could be in your car jamming, listening to some music and doing lots of other things. It's obvious that if you're listening to this show, you're interested in growing to some degree. You're interested in taking in some information that perhaps you could apply to make your life better. Maybe you're listening to it to feel a little better. Whatever it is, you're looking to stimulate your mind and perhaps go do something and take action to improve yourself. And that's ultimately what uh, I'm hoping to do. And so 21 plus years ago, I started a coaching company, which has become the largest business coaching company in America to help people make change. Folks come to us and our businesses in one situation and they set goals or they have aspirations or, or sometimes they just want to get out of the bad spot they're in to get to a good spot. So we have figured out a few things about change. And on my own journey, I've had to make a few changes myself. Okay, you come to America as a poor immigrant and get into a motorcycle accident and owe a bunch of medical bills and, you know, go from that to be chairman of the board and head of, you know, a dozen or so companies. I've had to make some changes. I've had to make some changes while fundamentally not only staying true to myself, but probably becoming more of myself than I've ever been. So the question is, How do you change? And the first thing I want to talk to you is change is very hard. That's an important point to make here for us is the first thing to cover is change is very hard, bloody hard, as they'd say at home. And that's why it takes so much work. It takes so much effort. It takes these external applications or maybe books or audios or coaching or training or many other different tips we'll get into today. But change is hard. You know, we're typically in the circumstances we're in 
because those are the things we've kind of gravitated towards. Now, we have all had things happen to us, and life has happened to us, and we'll, we'll talk about that again today. But for the most part, you know, we are who we are. Uh, you know, interesting, some of you know, uh, my family and I, we went through a fire years ago, lost all our photos and all our family videos and a lot of things. But strangely, through different people, sometimes through, you know, archives at the company or whatever else, little photos have been showing up and a video or two that somebody had about our family or whatever else. And it's been fascinating because we loved watching the family videos and the old pictures. It was kind of something we did regularly. And uh, not having access to those things for a long time, it was kind of interesting. But going back to look at some of these videos now, because now my kids are older. I have three college-age kids and actually beyond that now. My oldest son is married, happily married, I would say. And, you know, you look at these videos when they're three and four years old, you go, oh, my gosh, the clues were there. You know, they're still doing a lot of the same things. Some of the same mannerisms are still there. My son, Alex, six foot two, 190-pound, big stud basketball player. And I'm watching videos of him the other night that I hadn't seen in years of him at three years old. And, I, oh, my goodness, like, I recognize that dude. And there's a lot of that's the same. And so that's kind of a fun deal. That's kind of a, a cool deal. But as you grow through life, sometimes you want to change. But I think we're a lot like homing pigeons, where we constantly come back to the same spot. We go out and we flap our wings. We try our best. We flap into the wind. We try and try and try. But at the next thing you know, bit by bit, like a homing pigeon, we always come back to roost. And so many of us have tried many things. Have you ever, for example, tried a weight loss program? If you're over 27 listening to this podcast, you have more than likely tried more than one deal. You've gone on the cabbage diet and got to spend a lot of time alone, by the way, when you did that. And, you know, you tried this and you've tried that and you've done this and you've done that. But the next thing you know, you still like to eat what you like to eat. And for the most part, people tend to come back to that. You know, you've set goals. OK, this time I'm going to do this. I've gotten out of paying off my credit cards. That's it. I've paid off my credit cards. I'm never having credit card debt again. And the next thing you know, you have credit card debt again. And it revolves around. Or you found yourself in the same situation. I had a man, honest to God, this happened to me. A fellow came up to me at a seminar one time. And he just had his fifth divorce. And uh, he walks up to me. And, he, and uh, just as proud as punch said, you know, I need your help. I need a little insight. I keep marrying the wrong woman, he said. And so, oh, really? Five in a row, huh? And as I started asking him a bunch of questions, not only did almost all his wives look alike, not only were they similar type personalities, he just kept doing the same thing over and over again. And oh, by the way, I said to him, you know, you might want to take a look in the mirror here, pal. You might not be marrying the wrong woman. You might be the wrong guy, you know, and change is hard. And then what happens is people go, is change really possible? You know, my mother calls me a hive of useless information. 1972, 85% of people would set a New Year's resolution. Last year, a similar survey showed that 11% of people set a New Year's resolution. Now, think about that. It's like, what's happened in the last, you know, 40-some years that people have gone from setting New Year's resolutions to not. Well, we've become so much more sophisticated and much more educated and there's all this self-help availability that there never was before. And now here's what people have come to. I don't set resolutions because they don't work. That's the number one reason. So it's like, I don't get my hopes up because I'm going to get my hopes dashed. Because the resolution itself doesn't work. And so people start to believe that change is not really possible. I don't know that it is. 
and then we start to get even more ingrained. So what is it that causes a person to change? Well, studies show that 80% of people who actually make some kind of change are leaning into the avoidance of negative. I read a quote here recently. It said, people don't change until the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of the change. So the truth of the matter is most people change because of pain and the avoidance are getting away from pain. The next reason, second biggest reason that people change is that change is happening to them. And we're going to talk about that today, the difference between passive change and proactive change. And then the third type of change is aspirations and goals. And that's about 5% of the people who make changes. So if you think about it, here I am, I'm trying to present to you a positive offering today to make your day better, to encourage you. And I'm telling you that about 95% of change is to avoid pain or someone's in a terrible situation or that change has happened to them that they really had no choice in the matter and out of that they've made some changes. And that only 5% of change is an intentional, proactive, positive change. And so the first thing I would challenge uh, you guys on today is you're listening to the podcast, so maybe you are a person who's capable of the 5%. Maybe you're capable of not only being in that number, but of influencing others along the way. The last piece of change being hard is that no matter what, we want safety, we want security, we like familiarity, but at the end of the day, the world is changing. You were born onto a planet that spins. If the planet stops spinning, we all die. That's a fact. We have to have a planet that turns. We have to be on a planet that spins. The next thing is you came into this world as a brand new baby with the built-in design feature that you are going to change from being a baby, Lord willing, you get to live a long, healthy life, all the way. You know, the, the old phrase, I came into this world bald and naked, and I'm going to leave this world bald and naked, Okay. You're going to change. Your body goes through changes. Anyone who's, let's say, over the 45 number knows that their body has changed. Their muscle composition has changed. You know, when I was 23, I could eat pizza, Oreo cookies, drink beer, no problem. Lose weight. At 50, I walk by somebody who's eating pizza, drinking beer, and eating Oreo cookies. And by just inhaling it, I can hear myself getting fatter. So, the, you know, your body changes. Your life changes. The world changes. The circumstances change. And oh, by the way, boys and girls, have you noticed that our world changes right now at a pace? That no time in human history has a change like this. And whole dynamics change. Whole businesses change. Uh, you know, things that were institutions. Look at what's going on in our media right today. And the media is changing in front of our eyes. You used to, I'm going to hail a cab. Now I get an Uber. Now I'm getting a Lyft. Everything changes and the speed of which we change. I used to have a mobile phone that looked like I was calling in airstrikes in Vietnam. Today I have an iPhone that's like more powerful than almost any computer I've ever used in my business. So the world is changing and it's changing at a pace. That's unheard of. So the real key is, are you going to change or is change going to happen to you? So hopefully today, I want to point out some things that you can do. I want to give you some principles. I want to give you some how-tos. I also want to give you encouragement. You're not alone. Change is hard. Or as I said before, bloody hard. If you find yourself 
keep at the same spot. I thought I made a breakthrough on this. I, I set this goal before. I said I was going to make a change in this area, and it hasn't happened. Well, welcome to the human race. What makes you a winner is the fact that you keep trying. That's the key. Would you keep trying? That you don't give up. That you still believe change is possible. That you still believe your best is yet to come. Change, by definition, is to become different or to have a different position or, or to take a different course or a different direction. My mother used to say the only person that likes change is a baby with a wet nappy or a diaper, as they say here in America. In fact, uh, years ago, there was a gentleman by the name of Spencer Johnson. Spencer Johnson and Ken Blanchard wrote a book called The One Minute Manager that was hugely successful. And uh, I had a chance to connect and interact with Spencer. Spencer actually had uh, graduated from medical school in uh, the College of Surgeons in Dublin, right up from where I grew up. And uh, so we hit it off. And he had written a book called Who Moved My Cheese? A cool little book about two little mice, Sniff and Scurry, and how they dealt with change. That book became uh, something that we got involved in a Buffini company and started promoting to some of our biggest clients. And uh, that book really took off and was a huge success. Millions and millions of copies of that book were sold. So you're dealing with change, whatever else. That's a great little book to get your hands on there. But what we want to do is not be the baby with the wet diaper. You know, we want to be proactive about this. So there was a phrase I came up with to help our coaches with years ago in regards to how to go about change. And it was a phrase called, some days you pull the dog and some days the dog pulls you. And any of you are uh, dog owners out there, you know the story. There's days when you have the dog out for a walk, uh, sometimes you're pulling the dog along, he's sniffing the ground, his butt's dug in, he doesn't want to move and you're dragging him along. And then some days the dog's pulling you and you're having a hard time keeping up. And so when the dog's pulling you, that's the passive change. That's where you're accepting or allowing what happens to you to drive the change. And so passive change is very dangerous because ultimately you're in reactionary mode. You are making changes, but you're reacting. Proactivity is when you pull the dog and now all of a sudden you're responding to circumstances instead of reacting. You're creating. You're in more of a sense of controlling the situation by causing something to happen rather than responding to it after it happens. And so the key component is to be in a proactive side of this. And so what I'm going to challenge you to today is the bigger picture. The bigger picture is, you know, I made a bold statement today. Here's how you can change once and for all. Well, here's how it happens. And I have some insight on this because I've made some permanent changes in my life, in my thinking, in my motivations, and in my methodologies and what I do. And I've also then helped tens of thousands of people change through our coaching program. And so I want to give you some pieces that I've learned along the way. I met a great man years ago whose name was Lou Tice. And Lou passed away a few years ago, but brilliant, brilliant man was involved in helping to end apartheid in South Africa. He was involved in ending uh, some of the conflict in Northern Ireland. He had a, an organization called the Pacific Institute, and they did some remarkable work. Uh, and again, Lou's written some great books. Smart Talk is a book I give out to people all the time. Great, great man. But this is the quote that I most identify with Lou Tice. And it says, all permanent lasting change starts on the inside and works its way to the outside. All permanent lasting change. It starts on the inside 
and works its way to the outside. Now, when I finish up this uh, show today, I'm going to give you a bunch of how-tos. And those how-tos are really going to help you with your outside applications, okay? Most people want to change their circumstances but don't want to change themselves. I would say if you're looking for permanent change, where you want to get into is not thinking in terms of change but in terms of transformation. When I speak around the world and I've got 3,000 people in the audience, I'll ask them this question invariably, which will be, how many of you in here believe you have some untapped potential? And every single person in every single ballroom or conference center I've ever presented will raise their hands and say, I have untapped potential. And we're going to talk in future podcasts about how to tap into your untapped potential. But in this dynamic is people know they got more inside of them. That's why the desire to change is, I know I have these gifts. I've seen flashes of these abilities. I might be going through a tough time. I might be down. I might be depressed. I might have had some bad luck. I, you know, whatever has happened. But I know I have some good stuff, maybe even some great stuff in me. And that's why the process of transformation is so powerful. And the analogy I like to use is the caterpillar turning into the butterfly. I love that what we're talking about here is a very natural concept that's actually built into nature. It's built into life. Think about it. Every caterpillar has the potential to become a butterfly. Now, caterpillars, you know, they're great, but butterflies are really aspirational things, right? They're beautiful. People collect butterflies. They represent freedom, beauty, so many things that people uh, love. The caterpillar's kind of crawling on the ground you can be stepped on at a moment's notice you can be picked off and eaten by so many different predators the butterfly seems to have such a better life than the caterpillar and many of us are crawling along every day paying the bills trying to fight the good fight of life but we're in caterpillar mode we know we have a butterfly inside of us and so what do we do how do we do it and so i'm going to share with you just a few thoughts on what you know, real transformation looks like. So first of all, transformation isn't a future event. It's a present day activity. That's the first thing to be aware of. Socrates used to say the secret of change is to focus all of your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. So when you're a caterpillar, you've got to keep your eyes on being a butterfly. Now, here's the dirty little secret of this. Here's what you won't hear uh, in the self-help aisle. Okay, or in an infomercial. You won't hear this. First of all, you won't hear how hard it is. Second of all, you won't hear how long it takes. And third of all, you won't hear this thing called sequence or process. It's a process. First of all, understand that no caterpillar in the history of the world has ever turned into a butterfly. It's never happened. It never will happen. Why, it's not the process. Caterpillars turn into pupae, and pupae turn into a chrysalis, and a chrysalis turns into a butterfly. And each step along the way is a process. Each step along the way, by the way, is a life and death struggle. Each step along the way is the necessary building to get you to the next level. For example, when a caterpillar is turned into this pupae, what's happening in that stage is the organs are being developed, the wings are developing, and it has to develop those things in order to ultimately survive as a butterfly. And it's a life and death struggle, but it takes time and that caterpillar has to keep fighting and persevering no matter what. Now, if it does that long enough, it'll go through and start to see the slow, methodical, painful changes that it becomes a chrysalis. 
Now in a chrysalis, that's what we'd often call a cocoon for a moth, but a chrysalis now is that more that silky coat where inside is this flying insect that wants to come out. And now what happens is the actual struggle here for the wings to break out of that chrysalis are ultimately building the strength and the muscles so that when the outer skin of the chrysalis falls off, the butterfly can fly. The fact of the matter is that all the challenges, all the difficulties, the life and death struggle is essential for the caterpillar to exist as a butterfly. Let me get out of analogy mode. I went from being broke, in debt, struggling as a new business owner. And it was a life and death struggle. You know, I was young, I got married young, I had kids young. And I'm grinding along and grinding along. And let me tell you, I wanted it to happen now. I wanted to get rich quick. I didn't want to get rich slow. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. I wanted to find a fast track. I wanted the pain to go away. I didn't just want the pain to go. I wanted the pain to go away permanently. And I wanted the pain to go away quickly. I wanted to be a caterpillar that turned into a butterfly. Oh, by the way, every time I forced my way to try to be a butterfly prematurely economically, I set myself back. Just like, let's say someone's in a hurry. Okay, you know what? Let's help this caterpillar. Let's artificially create an environment for this caterpillar to grow. Let me take a razor blade and cut open this caterpillar. Because there's a butterfly inside, right? But it's not ready. The adversities that you face, the challenges that you face, the things that have caused you sleepless nights, the worries that have occupied your mind, the circumstances you've had to overcome, the time that it took to do it, that is all the development process. You know, I'm going to do a podcast in the months to come on raising champions. One of the podcasts I'm going to do is I'm going to interview a champion, my own daughter, Anna Buffini, who is a champion, who's a two-time national champion and uh, recently represented the U.S. in winning the Under-25 Nations Cup in her sport of dressage. And I'm going to interview her because this gal's a champion. One of the things I'm going to address is how in our culture today we are not raising champions because a person becomes who they are because of the adversities they overcome in their own life and then they proceed to remove every aspect of adversity from their own child's life which leads to entitlement and many other things and i'm going to get into that and i see it in the sports world i see it in the schooling world i see it in the work world and i see what's happening there the fact of the matter is this, boys and girls, we are who we are today because of what we've endured, what we fought through, and where we are. How many of you, honestly, listening to this, can think of some really tough, sometimes brutally difficult things you've had to go through in your life, and you go, I wouldn't want to experience that again. I wouldn't want anyone I love to experience that. But you also know that it was kind of the making of you. And in many cases, that's the case. The fact of the matter is the caterpillar needs to become the butterfly, but it is a process. It takes time. It's going to take some bravery. It's going to take a thing called perseverance, and it's going to take a thing called patience. So if you want to change your life once and for all, you have to understand that it's a once and for all, never-ending fight. Along the way, you do need to smell the roses and say, you know what, things are good. I've recently been presented with a bunch of Fabulous offers, uh, TV shows and other things that are just fantastic. Things I would have just clicked my heels over in the years gone by. And I'll be honest, all these opportunities have created some tension for me. Should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? Should I be doing this? And what's really helped me make some really good decisions is taking stock of where I'm at, where I've been. And you know what? Things are pretty good. 
<laughs> I kind of like my life. I really enjoy what I'm doing. I want to grow, and there's other things for me to achieve, and I'm not done yet. But the fact of the matter is, you know, it's a process. It's not the overnight. And I've come to learn to love the process of transformation. For a guy who wanted it overnight, I now don't want it overnight. I don't want to, you know, win the lottery, if you will. I don't want the big media boon overnight. Don't want it. I kind of enjoy the process. I kind of enjoy the struggle. One of my mentors years ago, Jim Rohn, said, Brian, become a millionaire for what it makes of you. I had no idea what he meant at the time. I thought I knew. But actually, he was encouraging me to become who I wanted to be. And then one of the results of that would be this thing called economic success or being a millionaire, which I thought was the greatest thing in the world. So the first thing we cover today is change is hard. You know, you're not alone on that. The second piece here we've covered is don't just change, transform. Keep your eye on becoming the butterfly and also don't get discouraged that you're currently in caterpillar mode or you're in pupae mode or you're stuck in chrysalis mode and you feel like you're not moving forward, but you are. The fact that you're listening to this podcast proves that you're a growth-minded individual. The fact that you are reading the books you're reading or taking a class you're taking or some of you are getting coaching or you're doing developmental things, it means you're already in the process. And here's the thing. Don't rush it, okay? Caterpillars don't become butterflies overnight. Another part of our challenge in our world today, things can happen overnight. You know, people can develop an app and the next thing you know, someone pays you a billion dollars for it. And the next thing you know, there's a million people trying to have that happen. That's more of an unnatural act than anything else. The last thing I want to talk to you about today in regards to how to change your life once and for all, and I realize this is not exhaustive, but it's a good table setter for what we're going to do. It goes back to the very reason we actually, and the purpose, the raison d'etre, as they say, the reason to exist for this podcast. You hear the lulcid tones of David Lally, the producer of the show. Welcome to the Brian Buffini Show, where we cover the mindsets, motivations, and methodologies of success. Well, he's right. If you want to have permanent change, the first thing to get after is your own mindset. If you can change your mindset, you can change your life. No question about it. Motivations. You challenge your motivations and you develop in your motivations. My motivations as a 25-year-old are different than the motivations as a 50-year-old. And you have to develop and change in your motivations. And then last but not least is your methodologies. You have to do something. You know, I've always promised you I'll bring people on the podcast who've been there, done that, and are doing it. I won't just bring in people who are, you know, I was on The Apprentice on Tuesday. I've never done that before that. I wrote a book. Now I'm famous, and now I'm going to put them on the podcast. I'm not going to do that. I want to learn myself from people who've been there and done that, and I want to bring those people to you. So let's talk about your mindset. I read a report that said one of the most asked spiritual questions on Google is what's God's will for my life? Isn't that a wild deal? (laughs) Now, I think that's hilarious because if a person happens to believe in God, why wouldn't they be asking God that question and not Google? But there you go. What is God's will for my life? I would say there's a lot of thoughts out there about that, but there's a great verse that I really love from the ancient scriptures that says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that way you can discern what the will of God is for you, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. So that particular verse encourages people 
to answer the question, what's God's will for your life, is to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about this change. We're talking about this transition to go from caterpillar to butterfly. In my worldview, God made the butterflies. But, you know, in order to do that, he created caterpillars. And I think we're all caterpillars. I think we're all caterpillars. And I never met a person yet that when I met them, I couldn't see the butterfly inside them. In fact, I will tell you that one of the great challenges I've had in my life is sometimes I've wanted people to be successful more than they wanted to be successful for themselves. I will tell you, when I started the coaching company, I really used to cause me agony when I would see somebody with so much potential just get stuck and not pursue it and not fulfill it. I'm still not sure about that. Maybe that's some kind of desire on my own part to fulfill my own potential. Maybe it's a it's a need in my own heart and life that I always wanted someone to mentor and challenge me to be the best I could be. That's probably all the, the psychiatrists could probably all find that to be true, and I, I wouldn't argue with them. But at the end of the day, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay? How is that? You renew your mind. Okay? And you need to understand that we can. Okay? The mind is the limit as long as the mind can envision the fact that you can do something. You can do it or you can't do it as long as you 100% believe. Right? Henry Ford said, if you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And so it starts with the mindset. And it starts with that belief. John Maxwell, great writer, says, nothing will impact your life more than changing your thinking. Right? And so we have to do that. Maxwell has a bunch of great quotes on this. He goes, people don't change because they see the light. They change because they feel the heat. No question about it. So let's say you're feeling the heat. Let's say you're feeling the financial heat. Let's say you're feeling the weight gain heat. Let's say you've gotten a bad diagnosis heat. Let's say you've had the conversation with your spouse, partner, loved one you don't want to have. Let's say you're feeling the heat of your kids. Let's say you're feeling the heat of your boss. Let's say you're feeling the heat of your industry. Well, okay, that's the circumstance. All right, so I'm in that spot where 80% of people are. I need to make some changes. My challenge to you is don't just react to that. Get your eyes on the prize. Where's the butterfly? What are my gifts? What have I done well in the past? What can I do? What would I love to do? What would I do if I knew I couldn't fail? What would I do if money wasn't an obstacle? What's the right thing to do? We have to get past our circumstances. It's like, what's the right thing to do? And then figure it out. And then figure it out. I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day and they've had a new baby, he wants his wife to stay at home. And I'm having a conversation with him and I'm asking, what's he want to do? What's he want to do? And he's telling me what the thing he wants to do is. His wife, she knows what she wants to do. But what happens? The circumstances creep in and when the circumstances creep in, instead of keeping our eyes on the prize and being a butterfly, we go back to caterpillar mode and we start crawling around the ground. We can get stuck there for a long time. And sometimes we get stuck there until the circumstances get so bad, so now the heat's turned up on the caterpillar. I want you all to fly. You know, I can tell you this. I might not be the prettiest butterfly in the world, but I'll tell you this. I ain't no caterpillar. I came to this country with 92 bucks in my wallet, and I've built for myself a life. And I have a fabulous wife and a great marriage and I have six great kids and I live on a house that overlooks the ocean in the beautiful part of Del Mar, California. And I, I do work I love to do that makes a, a profit. I have a staff of people that love where they work and voted as the best place to work in San Diego. And we have clients that are so loyal. Some of the clients have actually gotten a bloody tattoo of our logo. Yeah, crazy. 
here's the thing. Now, that may sound like the most self-aggrandizing riff of all time. Except, why am I on this podcast with you? Because I know how ordinary a fellow I am. I know I'm the son of a house painter. I didn't have this stuff, and I acquired this stuff. I didn't used to think like this, but I think like this now. I want you to know that there were books I checked out in libraries. There were people I went to lunch with. There were courses I took. There were consultants I hired. There was coaching I got. There was mentoring I received. There's people I hung out with. And I do all of those same things today. And I'm living a good life. Not perfect, but I'm living a good life. And I want you to know that you can too, to the exact degree that you want to. To the exact degree that you want to. But you've got to get your eyes off being a caterpillar and up on the bee and the butterfly, and then realize it's going to take a while. It's not instant. It's not overnight. There's no three payments in 1995, and you can. it's quick and easy and painless. That's just not going to happen. So the first thing you got to do is work on the mindset. Second thing is kind of work on those motivations. You know, examine what motivates you today. Here's a great example. Many of the people I get to coach and work with, many of you I'm sure listen here, you've set goals and you've reached them. And now it's like, what next? You set a goal, you reached a goal, and the next set of goals you set don't inspire you, don't motivate you. I know people who have uh, worked in a sales culture where their old sales boss told them, go out and buy a really expensive car and got themselves into debt. And that was their motivator because now they really wanted the car. They liked the idea of the car. Once they were in debt, they didn't like the feeling, so they got to work and worked hard. Now they get the car, they get the car paid off. So now the car's paid off. Oh, well, now buy a house you can't afford. Okay, the thing about it is, at some point in time, you have to find a new way to motivate you. You need to understand, at different levels, there's different things that are going to motivate you. I'm motivated today. I am fired up to prepare for a podcast, okay? I'm doing a podcast where you don't pay to listen to this. We don't have sponsors and we don't have advertising. Okay, what's my motivation? My motivations have changed over time because I keep working at them your motivation so understand that if you're feeling unmotivated usually it's because that which motivated you in the past doesn't motivate you today you can find new motivations going forward the new motivations you'll find as your motivations grow and your success grows a lot of times you'll become more and more motivated by things outside yourself things where you have a chance to serve chance to give chance to help Things that might be motivated. Some people are motivated by their legacies. You know, those kinds of things. Things change. So uh, I'm motivated by wanting to provide great opportunities for my kids. That's one of the things that motivates me. I'm motivated by certain things I want to do and I'm involved in in helping back home in Ireland. I'm motivated by certain things I want to do in helping folks in the military. I mean, there's things that motivate me that are newer motivations that weren't with me 20 years ago that are with me today. And then uh, lastly here, so I don't go on and on, I'm not trying to change the world in one day here today, is methodologies. So we've covered mindsets and motivations, and now I want to get into some methodologies, which are basically some how-tos for doing this, right? So I'm going to give you a list of how-tos, and here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. You know, eat the meat and throw away the bones. Pick the ones that work for you, work with them, and maybe it's just one of these, but, uh, you know, that that's what you need. So... I'll give you a couple of things. Obviously, books are great. It's interesting, you know, there's a massive decline going on with ebooks, and that was supposed to change the whole world just a few years ago. Books are still something kinesthetically that people interact with. You physically, in a tactile way, you touch it. 
uh, you write on it. I got a book coming out later this year called The Emigrant Edge, which outlines the seven traits of successful immigrants. I wrote that because I saw a study that said 50% of millennials believe the American dream is no longer possible. And uh, that sent such a shockwave up my spine. I said, well, I think I want to share some things on that and uh, let them know here's some people who come to America with nothing, who've built fortunes. So books are fantastic things. Uh, podcasts. Podcasts are not some short-term fad. These things are growing by leaps and bounds. There's over uh, 350,000 podcasts out now. Fantastic. There's an array of anything you want, any niche you're interested in, any specialty you want. Audiobooks. Uh, audiobooks are growing massively uh, in popularity. So, again, that's uh, an old Zig Ziglarism. Turn your car into a mobile classroom. You know, I had a conversation with a young man the other day who has a training business, and he was, you know, trying to put a price on his products and what he does. And he, he has a training business that can help people earn a six-figure income. I go, okay, and what are you charging? And he was a couple hundred dollars. And I go, you know, people pay... 150 grand to go to college for four years and then struggle like heck to find a $60,000 a year job. I go, you, you have a, an opportunity to help people make 100 grand a year. You probably should charge something for that. So turn your car into the mobile college. I mean, there's no reason you can't do mobile university driving around. So podcasts, audiobooks, and make your trip work for you. And I'm not saying it's all you do, right? I, I listen to some music. I listen to this. But I'm at my best, and I feel like I'm at my best when I'm growing. So when you find something that does it for you, put it into the car, you know. And uh, the average commute's 25 minutes. That's why I try to do the podcast in under 50. So you get there, and you get back, and you've covered a podcast in your day. Another great thing is journaling. Now, journaling was very, very helpful for me for a lot of years. And one of the things it did for me is when you're growing as a person, it's hard to know that you're growing. You know, it, it's easier. The caterpillar probably has a good idea. Hey, you know, I'm not a caterpillar anymore. It's hard to know that as a person unless you're going, okay, my net worth or my number of sales or this is uh, maybe it's inches or weight I'm measuring. How do you know you're growing? How would you know your mindset's changing? Well, the only way I really ever was able to figure that out would be to go back and read old journals. And I thought, wow, like that's what I was struggling with then. And I don't struggle with that like I used to, or, wow, that was the biggest problem I faced back then? I, I don't even, that's not even on my radar anymore. And, you know, I would go back and read those old journals, and that would really give me great encouragement that, you know, man, I, I am actually growing. This is good, because sometimes, I, I'm going to say this, if you don't feel stuck once in a while, you're probably not growing at all, you know? It's just there's seasons. Another great thing, obviously, is classes, seminars, that's pretty obvious. Coaching, now that's not just a great pitch for the business I have. I mean, you know, there's a reason our average client goes from making 35 grand to 360 grand. The coaching works, you know, coaching is good. Whatever your business is or life is, there's great, great opportunities out there for some coaching. Associations, who you spend your time with can greatly influence where you go. You know, some people say your your net worth will be reflective in the top 10 people you spend most of your time with. So who you spending your time with, who you're hanging out with, that stuff influences you not only your attitude, but also your altitude. You know, if you're a caterpillar and you want to be a butterfly, why don't you hang out with a few butterflies and see what it's like? See what it's like to fly. It'll change things for you, you know? Also, affirmations. Affirmations is the things that we say to ourselves. Now, 
I'm loath to put this in here because affirmations have been so abused by the personal growth movement into, you know, just flights of fancy and you can do anything. And if you affirm it, it's just going to happen and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, I have some challenges with that. For example, you can't affirm something that isn't true. So Shaquille O'Neal, the seven foot two, three hundred and fifty pound basketball player, he's a positive guy. He's a high achiever. He's one of the greatest athletes of all time. But he can affirm all day long. I want to be a jockey. I'm a world class jockey. I'm a world class jockey. If he gets on the back of Secretariat, it doesn't matter. Uh, he's not going to win because he's too big. So you have to affirm what is or what can be true. So that's an important thing. Uh, but like an affirmation, be reading your goals daily, but reading it in the past tense. That's one of the Lou Tice techniques. You set a goal, okay, here's where I want to be, but you read it in past tense. So all right, it's like, I'm debt free. It feels so great to have written the last check. I feel like the weight of the world's off my shoulders. It's awesome that I'm able to concentrate and use my creative abilities uh, on, on something other than worrying about paying bills and being behind, you know, those kinds of things. So, you know, affirm your abilities, affirm your, your gifts, affirm what's true, and affirm what can be true. Affirmations are very powerful. They're very, very helpful in having a positive outlook. What we say is very, very important to how we think. There is actually physiological changes that take place. There's neuropathways in the brain. And when you affirm things, those neuropathways go from being like dusty, overgrown roads with weeds to being you know, slick highways. And so that actually, it actually physiologically changes the brain. So there's, there's tons of studies to prove all that. But, you know, those are some methodologies for you that I wanted to give you. The bottom line is this. I want you to know this. If you're listening to this podcast, you're already a winner. Not because you're listening to me, because you're the type of person who takes the time to go download information that you can listen to to try to improve your life. That to me is, you're in the game, you're a winner. That to me means you're not passively waiting for something to happen to change your life. You're in some state of already being proactive. Understand that change is hard. And so the key to that is be prepared. You know, if you're in the military and you're going into battle, you have to be prepared. I got to put on the armor. I got to train. I got to do this. I got to, this is going to be a challenge. I'm going to do it. If you're in a sport, hey, this is going to be difficult. You know, these guys are trying to kick my butt. I'm going to have to practice. I'm going to have to work out. I'm going to have to get in shape. Change is hard. Change is hard. Change is not impossible. It's doable, but it's still hard. And just be aware of that. The next piece is don't just focus on changing for change's sake. Focus on transformation. Start with renewing the mind. Start with focusing on those motivations and then getting into the methodologies. But don't just change. Caterpillar turns into the butterfly. And then lastly, mindset, motivation, and methodologies have to show up in practical things that you do. So what's one thing that I've given you today that you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to do that, is that I'm going to start the day and, and meditate. Okay, That's probably the last little tip I have. That's one that's really helped me change my thinking. What's the one thing you're going to do? Are you going to take a class? Are you going to start journaling? Or are you going to start reading your journals? Okay, if I've talked about written goals. Do you have any written goals? Okay, if I met you on the street tomorrow and I say, hey, okay, you're listening to podcasts. Yeah, I really want to grow, really want to change. Great, show me your goals. And you don't have any? Okay, great. How about you set some goals? So what's, what's something you could do? I, have you ever purchased an audio book? Have you purchased books that are fantastic books? You've heard they would change your life, but you haven't read them yet. Okay, maybe, maybe you're going to, rather than spend the money, just go crack open the book you already have. 
What's the one thing you're going to do? And if you'll take action after hearing information, you are a change agent. You are in the midst of transformation, and you're on your way to being a winner. A winner with wings. A winner with wings. You're going to be a butterfly. My kids love Michael Jackson. It's amazing how Michael Jackson is a, uh, a star that's transcended genres and also transcended ages and eras. And the kids asked me the other night, they said, Dad, what is your favorite all-time Michael Jackson song? And I'm back in the 80s, you know, I, I got the Off the Wall album, uh, you know, I, I had a jacket, I admit, with the, it had shoulder pads in it, like uh, the Michaels on the cover of the album, you know. Yes, an Irish white man trying to moonwalk, not a pretty sight, not a pretty sight. Uh, have you ever seen Irish dancing? Uh, we don't do moonwalking. But... Uh, the kids were pumping me like, Dad, Dad, what's your favorite? What's your? And they all had their favorite. And I go, okay, let me think, let me think. And I came back to them and I said, I think it's got to be the man in the mirror. And this conversation just happened uh, a couple nights ago. And uh, in perfect timing, as things always do, when you're doing a little creativity and doing a little work, that answer gave me the finish for today's call. Because ultimately, Michael Jackson had it right in the chorus. And he said, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. And no message could have been any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then make that change. That's where it's at. And that's where it's at for me. And I hope that's where it's at for you. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show. I didn't cover exhaustively everything, obviously, that needs to be covered about change. But I hope I gave you some food for thought and a few tips that will help you along the way. As you know, we're trying to spread the word. And if you know someone who'd benefit from hearing this message, why don't you share this podcast with them? And thank you to so many of you who have already shared it with a friend. I love your feedback, so please keep sending us your reviews on iTunes. Don't forget, we're also on Android, so you can download your podcast app from Google Play, and you can tune in for free as well. You can tell your friends that. And keep spreading the word. We'll keep doing our part. I want to tell you, it's a great privilege to do this podcast. I really enjoy this time. I enjoy uh, sharing these messages with you. And uh, it's helping me to continue to grow myself. So I leave you with a little blessing that I always do. May the roads rise up to meet you. And may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields. And the sunshine warm upon your face. And until we meet again. May God hold you in the hollow of his hand. We'll see you next time.